Hey friends, so this is going to be an open conversation and if you haven't listened to any of my stuff before, Eco Patterns is really just about anything and everything and me bringing my perspectives from ecology, from spirituality, from psychology and all the other ologies that I've studied over the years and bringing it to this conversational piece so we can open it, expand it, and learn from it. That is really what I've set out to do in my own life, is to just learn from anything and everything I come across, to see the patterns within nature and how those scale into our consciousness, into our societies, into space and time, and do so with heart, do so with trying to make the world a better place. So that's a bit about that. Today, I really want to talk about narrative and reclamation of narrative that is within us, but also the narrative in our society today. Something I've worked with for a long time is really the stories that we tell ourselves and, and why we tell them. And Maybe you listened to the last podcast in which I was talking about building sacred world. And an important aspect of building sacred world is really reclaiming narrative, reclaiming what it is that our intuition is guiding us towards. So let's start there. Let's start with intuition, because I think this is a really, really important piece of the whole puzzle. When I say intuition, you probably have a different preconceived notions of it. Maybe you don't even believe in intuition. However, intuition for me has really shown up in my life as this guiding force, this guiding voice, or just this kind of inkling feeling of to make this kind of decision go in this sort of direction. And it doesn't always come right away. It takes time. And that is the important thing about intuition. Intuition is something that is developed as a relationship over time. It is not something that necessarily pops up right away, particularly if you are heavily conditioned in thinking in more materialistic ways and not believing in these sorts of things. As kids, our intuition is relatively high. You'll notice kids are very intuitive. Their nervous systems are very intuitive, and that is an important piece because our nervous system is the regulating factor of how our intuition can spawn or in which we can look to to develop a relationship with. So as kids, we're very intuitive. We're very uh, aware and attuned to our surroundings and things that are more ethereal and energetic and subtle. We have a better, better, we have a better awareness of those things compared to when we're adults, when those things become inundated with you know, with work, with conditioning, with programming, with stress, with all of the various factors which then contribute to our intuition really kind of being dulled. However, I feel that it can't be dulled completely. There's always going to be some sense or thread that is sort of carrying you internally, your soul sort of like inklings and calls, which will always be there to a certain degree. And I really do believe like trusting that that is there is a key thing 
to developing your intuition, trusting that however you are living your life right now, even if it is maybe messed up, maybe not the way you want it to be, that this is part of the process of you coming to your own understanding and trusting those deepest parts within you. So we're trusting that process. So that intuition, when it's inundated over time, you don't have a clear sense of it. It's kind of like looking through, you know, muddy water or sort of like stained glass windows. And those that stained glass window and that muddy water usually is things such as stress and trauma, which are regularly disrupting the nervous system, not allowing you to get clean and clear and in a state in which you can hear your intuition clearly. And on top of that, if you have beliefs that are more materialistic, that are not necessarily concerned with spirituality, with being open to things such as intuition and your subtle energetic senses, then you will have a harder time developing this relationship. So it's kind of like a two-pronged thing where you need to address the beliefs that are really inhibiting you from seeing the greater sense of the world and also the stress and trauma which have built up in your nervous system which are creating ripples and creating disturbances in your ability to sense things. So there's a lot going on here. However, we just need to be aware that this is a thing that is carrying us through our life regardless. And that is the belief I choose to hold. And what I've noticed in my own personal experience, that intuition is actually always working, even when we seem to be disconnected from it. And when we trust that as a process, we trust that we are actually being carried, even though it may not feel like it, even though your nervous system may be completely dysregulated. It is entrusting that that is part of the process to become and come to clear intuition that we then start to unlock new layers of our process, which maybe seemed much more disruptive before. And I've been, I've been in this world in for a while in constantly being disrupted by my own nervous system or having my nervous system be disrupted living in very stressful states for long periods of time which is you know a symptom of my own ptsd and experiences complex ptsd rather and so it's taken me a long time to unpack that but as i've unpacked these things i've realized that the processes that seem the hardest and the experiences that seem the hardest were then the ones that contributed to my adaptations in my nervous system to be more intuitively and fine-tunely aware of the things around me. So whether that's people, whether that's spirit, whether that's literally anything and everything, my nervous system had become more attuned through these different experiences and it took some time and work and as well as work with plant medicines to be able to unlock the level of proficiency in my nervous system without the disturbances. So your nervous system progresses and evolves and adapts. However, if you're not able to sort of short circuit and disrupt the cycles in which are creating the recurring trauma patterns and self-sabotaging patterns, which again are part of the process, 
then it's hard to then unlock the gifts fully that these experiences have to offer. So that took a lot of time and relationship building with myself, with those traumatized parts, with doing somatic work, with doing EMDR therapy, with doing plant medicines, doing personal development work, shadow work, whatever you want to call it. All of these different things over time, working with different spiritual mentors, contributed to the ability of my nervous system to hold greater states and I would say wider states of awareness as well as deeper states of awareness. And so I really just use all of my experiences as fuel for the fire of my awareness. And really what that comes down to is fuel for the fire of your heart to really be in love, not necessarily in a weird, positive, toxic, toxic positivity kind of way, in more of a way of just loving the experiences that you've had to be able to give them the attention and awareness that you needed that you didn't get out of those experiences. And that is the process of transformation and something that we've been learning in the course with Dr. John Churchill of being able to be in loving awareness, being able to be grounded within the open ground, and then being attuned to your suffering as well as being attuned to your dimensions of the heart. I won't go into detail about these kind of things, maybe in a later podcast at a later date, but these aspects as they've stacked up on top of each other have helped me really come to a better understanding and sense of what is the process that I've been going through before to develop these intuitive senses. Because on one hand, they were already there and then nurtured by the spiritual practices that I was doing, such as meditation and the spiritual practitioners that are that I was working with in the Egyptian Sumerian lineage and the various esoteric teachings that they had to teach me and now coming into my own within developing my own teachings and I have been doing that for a while more intuitively but then also you know working with John Churchill and the meditations that he has to offer and the teachings that he has to offer so as that relationship developed and I was able to clear up different parts of my nervous system I've been able to come to kind of greater senses of myself and really just be in tune and in touch with that inner voice that has been really sort of crucial to how I'm doing my practices now. Uh, it's just as if I have like this kind of inner monologue that is just like, hey, go over here. Hey, do this. Hey, go for this. And I'm just like, I've learned just to trust that inner monologue along with being able to use my logical and rational mind to say, okay, like, you know, what, what is actually going on there? And, and, you know, really knowing that sometimes that, that inner monologue may be coming from somewhere else. So that's part of it too, that you have to continually develop this deep relationship because there can be other voices that are influencing you as well and you have to be able to discern and tell the difference not easy i know but again over time as you learn to you know, learn to do the kind of things that i'm saying and develop that relationship in a strong way you're going to be able to hear it much more clearly and also be able to discern better by making some mistakes as well like through the process so as these have developed 
the thing that I'm really coming to now and how this ties into building sacred world. Let's talk about that. What I'm seeing now is a reclamation of our ability to bend and manipulate reality and energy and time. And this is something I feel like a lot of spiritual teachers have sort of talked about before, and I'm not necessarily the first person to talk about this either. And, you know, there's a lot of manifestation junkies and people who are going to go off um, about how, you know, your mind and your subconscious control your reality and da 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 Yes. Okay, great. However, I want to talk about this in a much bigger context. This is not about money. This is not about frivolous consumerist things so you can get more and more of that specific thing this is about a wider understanding of how when we create energetic imprints within our mind within our core within our soul and we're aligning those things together because sometimes they can be different when we're aligning these energetic imprints together with a pure heart really coming from a genuine place of particularly wanting to be a service for wanting to help people, wanting to help the world, wanting to be aligned and in tune with nature and, and aligning our personal little ego structures and our will with greater divine will, with the larger sense of spirit and creation. And when we're bringing all these parts together, particularly in the heart, that we are creating a new world. And... One of the things that I think these manifestation people and particularly coaches now in the new pop culture, spirituality, pop spirituality world often get wrong is that we're, they're so limited in their thinking of, okay, make more money, um, you know, get more clients, da, 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 this kind of stuff. Whereas like we have to look beyond that and really ask, okay, what is that for? What is it that we're doing all of this for? And if we're creating from that place of core purpose, really a core understanding, core values, and so we can bridge the gap between the world we're in now and the world we truly want to be in, where there is much less suffering and there is alignment and a, you know, a strong lack of destructive forces that we really need to address today. So we're trying to create that bridge, okay? So when we set an energetic imprint, we want to be mindful that we're not doing it out of like selfish purposes. And the way that intuition falls into this is your intuition will guide you towards these little nudges of growth. And as we go through those nudges of growth, we want to start to set energetic imprints of the kind of world we want to see. And the reason this is a reclamation is because this is a power that we have been stripped away from in our society today. As I kind of mentioned with intuition and how things have been programmed, we've been programmed to think a certain way, we've been programmed to do things a certain way, you know, to buy, to consume, to basically follow the rules and structure of the society as it's been so far you know, this colonizing extractive society, which is, has been extremely detrimental and destructive both to human health, but also to environmental health in general, which I mean, both are intimately related. We, there's no way to deny that. 
And so in that respect, as we have been stripped away from this power and now we're starting to reclaim it, there's an understanding of like, one, this is a reclamation within ourselves, rec reclaiming our power within ourselves to be able to set energetic imprints. And let's make this simple. For example, if you wanted to design a new sort of card, let's say it's a, like a Hallmark card situation, and it's just a drawing you had in mind, it always starts within your imagination. And there's things that you do in within your imagination, a process in which either something comes to you directly as a muse, or you kind of piece together things over time, which I would also argue is intuition. And that imagination, then you take that piece of work and you start turning it into physical reality. From that physical reality, you are, you know, you are either drawing it, you're sketching it, you're again contemplating it, thinking about it, seeing how you can make it better, seeing what you can change, and then maybe making drafts of it. And over time, this thing culminates into the final product that you want to offer into the world as a physical, tangible reality. However, it all started in your mind and in your imagination. And I really truly believe your imagination and your intuition are intimately linked. And your imagination to me is not just something that occurs as a byproduct of your brain and mind. I believe it is a sixth sense. It is an eye that looks into, let's say, let's call it the astral world. I would say looks into the astral world and not only can it see and sense the astral world, but it can also create within it. So there's an impulse of will there that is inter intimately intertwined into our being. That this thing is something that moves faster than the speed of light, because you can imagine anything. And to me, in that sense, not only are we sensing something, but it is actually there. So imagination in this kind of respect is transcending space and time because I can imagine an apple right now and whoop, there it is. And this is something when it comes to indigenous cultures, they've believed for a long time that there is no difference between what you dream, what you imagine and what you see in front of you. It is all actually the same thing. And as I've kind of developed relationship with my imagination and intuition over time, I really have felt that experience of like, actually, these are the same thing. If I see a jaguar in terms of symbolism in my imagination, in a meditation, it is no different than something I've seen in a dream, and it is no different than something I can see directly in front of me. And yes, maybe it's not tangibly physically in front of me at that moment in time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that on some plane of existence, it isn't actually there. And so when I interact with my intuition and meditations and visions, I interact with them through my imagination. I interact with them through a level of symbolism and understanding, but also in conversation with them as opposed to just being subjected to them. So in a way, I kind of, the way I look at this, and sorry about if there's any noise from this lawnmower situation, but the way that I look at this is that because it is a conversation, it is also very similar to AI and how we have conversations with AI. If I'm imagining something and I imagine a Jaguar, like, or whatever it is, then I can immediately just have a conversation with it. If it's something that actually wants to have a conversation with me as well, as these things are living, these things aren't inert. And 
when you start to see the world in this way, it really changes your perceptions of everything because in the same respect, this is how I can communicate with plants. This is how I can communicate with animals. This is how I can communicate with the whole reality around me and literally imagine anything in front of me, even if it's parts of myself and be able to be in process with them in the way that I need to. So you can use this in so many different ways. There's endless amounts of ways as there's as much as there is realities, as much as your imagination can take you. So, you know, be mindful of this as well as you can go into some deep places and you're while you're always safe, you always are. And knowing that as well, that there's some places that if you want to open those boxes, may be very difficult to do. Um, and I say this as more of kind of a trigger warning, particularly with people who have been through trauma, that they understand that if you are going into your trauma and into your trigger, that it may become re-traumatizing if you don't have the proper supports in place as you're coming out of that experience and know how to handle those kind of experiences as well. No different than plant medicine. You're... Plant medicines only unlock things that you already have within you, and you do not actually need plant medicines to unlock those. Um, however, it may take more practice, it may take more time, it may take certain sorts of deeper practices, which maybe, you know, sometimes it's just a little bit easier to take plant medicines and kind of unlock those things. And also, if your intuition calls to plant medicines because that's where your soul wants to go, then listen to that. So yes, back to the reclamation, building sacred world. So as we're developing this relationship with our imagination and intuition, we're coming to a point in this time and in this reality where people are learning to reclaim that power after a deconditioning process in which we can actually use this ability to set the stage for the next world. This ability has been taken away from us and has been stripped away from us and we've been excluded out of it because people in power have wanted us to consider things in a certain way so that they can remain in power. However, with this ability, we are able to set the stage for various different realities. And really, as we come together in this level of understanding and with this ability in communities, as opposed to just individuals, then we can actually build a stronger and more coherent realities together, right? So there's, you've probably seen some things about, you know, but a bunch of people, if they meditate together, create a di very different field effect than, you know, maybe just say one person and like, you know, the global meditation day or something like that has, has different effects on, on our reality. I don't know the exact research behind it, but I know that the basic premise is, is that like, there's a rippling and stacking effect that happens when you have a bunch of people meditating together. You know, it's like if one speaker was to play a certain sound versus like a thousand speakers, there's going to be a very noticeable and different volume level as well as effect in the sound waves around that area than somewhere that just has one speaker. So same principle, same idea. And as we reclaim this and we reclaim this as a community, we're able to build the mandala, build the sacred world that we hope to see in the world and hopefully do it from a place of love and hopefully do it from a place of understanding and coherence and in alignment with life 
and life forces that we are growing a new reality and seeding and growing a new reality that is conducive to more life on this earth and not necessarily the extractive forces that we have been contributing to thus far. And that's the thing is we have a responsibility in understanding that we have been contributing to this reality just as much as we've been forced into it and born into it. So it's taking accountability for that and understanding that these shadow forces are also part of us innately. These death forces are part of us and taking responsibility and accountability for it, knowing that we can actually still use these forces for good purposes. It is all in how we do it, right? A lot of what has happened in this world and a lot of the temple that has been set before us has been in a way that is meant to be destructive and extractive and manipulative. It is done with that intent. And there is, of course, realities that could have been formed in which the way that I like to think about it is that, you know, could have we could we have built the iPhone without necessarily going down this particular path, doing it in a path that it was more sustainable, was more regenerative and was more equitable, particularly particularly to all the people that had been involved in the supply chains to create the iPhone. So obviously those supply chains right now are quite exploitive. However, could we have done and had the same result in a way that wasn't exploitive? And I think that was 100% possible. We could have been living in a Wakanda society, honestly, I think. However, this is the path we've chosen as a society, and now we have to decide what we can do and won't do in the future. So that is really the kind of takeaway today, is that when we're thinking about things like manifestation and intuition and all of these different things and the forces that we're now starting to tap into as more of a collective, that we're doing so with a sense of deeper purpose beyond just material gain, beyond just gain for ourselves, that we're really looking into future generations and past generations as well and taking that understanding from our ancestors and the mistakes that they made and also the strengths that they have. And we're taking all of that knowledge and understanding and we're using it to seed a new world because we have the power to do so. And that is the thing that has been taken away from us for quite a long time. And now we're taking back into our hands. And as the spread of the spiritual knowledge has sort of happened and people are coming to the experience of our reality and bending it and changing it and shaping it into our will, we have to go steps deeper in addressing the shadows that have been created and not create a new reality from that place, that we're creating a new reality from a very different place, from a evolved place, from a place of deeper love and understanding and wisdom, not consumption, extraction, and basically just replicating the patterns that we've already been doing. And that's not to say that we have to throw out everything, but we have to integrate the forces that have been blocking us from this deeper power. And I really believe that only in the most genuine sense that 
if you are starting to manifest things and you're starting to notice these different things that they probably won't go much further if you're not doing so with a genuine heart. And as we develop that genuine heart, I feel like the changes in our desires and things will happen naturally. And lastly, you know, as we look to the future, we really have to connect here as community, as vision holders and supporters and as a byproduct vision holders um, of these new realities, of these new cultures, of these new situations that are forming because we are at the real leading edge of evolution of humanity. And as we take ownership of that, we have to really understand ourselves deeper so we're not making the same mistakes again. Anyways, I'm going to end this rant here. Um, there's a lot I've talked about here, and there's a lot to unpack, particularly within this idea of intuition and manifestation, because there's a lot of misconceptions and people doing sort of shady things or saying shady things that don't actually contribute to a better reality. So all I would leave you with is really question everything. If you're asking for something, why are you asking for it? And if it is manifesting, then where is it actually coming from? Because if you want to manifest a new iPhone, then that iPhone, yes, can be a huge contributor to your business or to your reality where you can do a lot of good with it. However, just understand that, you know, this has been created from a certain kind of energy, from a certain kind of company, from doing certain kinds of practices um, across the world in which you know, there's a lot of exploitation going on. So there's karma associated with that. And, you know, as we are in practices of trying to reduce our karma, then we really want to be intimately aware of just how our consuming and consumer practices then affect that karma and how we're weighing the scales and how we're balancing the scales with the work that we're doing in the world. There's nothing wrong. I don't want to shame anybody for any of this stuff. I'm not saying being a consumer is bad inherently in any sense of the word or in any in, in any sense of the world either however it's just about having that level of awareness and what are you then doing actively to contribute to that better world because we can hold that intention we can hold that vision we can plant those seeds however if we're not acting in line with those values and principles and understandings then it really does kind of blocks out and crosses out the manifestation that we're trying to, the world that we are trying to build. God, there's so many deeper layers to this. However, I'm going to stop it here. And yeah, thanks for listening. And again, if you're interested in any of this stuff, if you want to go deeper with me, feel free to book a call with me. Feel free to, you know, check out my coaching packages on my Penn site page. And I will post the link for that at some stage of this game. Anyways, uh, yeah, check out my social media for more and we'll chat soon. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.